Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Hello, tomatoes, and welcome back to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour podcast. I'm Kim Selby, your host today, and the San Francisco editor of the Three Tomatoes newsletter. Today, my guest is Cindy Dale, who is an internationally renowned author, speaker, intuitive energy healer, and a professor of energy medicine. She has authored 28 books on energy healing, spirituality, and intuition. And if you're into any of those modalities, you may know her. She's also worked with over 70,000 clients. That's a lot of people you've touched, Cindy. <laughs> and it's today, really a lot. it's it a lot like of people. Some days. <laughs> <laughs> well, together with Dana Childs, you have written a book called Chakras, Food, and You. And Dana's not here with us today, but just so people know, if you're a Goop devotee, she writes a lot of articles for the Goop newsletter and is highlighted in their Ask a Psychic column. Anyway, welcome, 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 Cindy. Thank you for joining me here today. I'm thrilled to be here. And we did get to visit a little bit before we started. And we talked about how trendy this is becoming, chakras and energy. And I couldn't be more excited that people are getting in touch with their, you know, kind of inner and outer landscape energetically. Yes, I agree. And what we're doing right now is you and Dana have co-authored a book called, let me get the title right, Chakras, Food, and You. And then there's a little subtitle after it. But I want to dive into this because I think it's fascinating. I have never heard of using the chakras to assist with your eating or well, yeah, you're eating in your supplement plan. But first, in case there are a few people listening who are not familiar, tell us a little bit about the chakra system and what it is. Absolutely. So chakras are energy centers. You could even call them energy organs. And we know we have physical organs in the body, the liver, the heart, and they're very functional and they need to be working for us to be healthy. Chakras are really pretty much the same, except they're made out of a very special kind of energy that these days we call subtle energy. When I started working in this field, we called it psychic energy. Now we've upgraded the term and they're <laughs> subtle energy. What's important about subtle, even though it's invisible, 99.99% of you, of an object, of anything is actually made of subtle energy. So your chakras are running you, whether you know it or not, you're being run by your chakras. And so that's why it's so important to have just a basic understanding that you have these organs that you may not be able to see, but they're making sure you're healthy and they might be affected in such a way that you're not so healthy too. Well, what's interesting also about you is that 
if I was reading it correctly, you are the first or one of the first people to actually determine and talk about the 12 chakra system instead of just the seven, which with which we are most familiar, at least those of us who are familiar with the chakra system. And how on earth did you come up with that? Because I know in the book, you are talking about more than just the seven chakras. Exactly. Well, when I was a kid, I saw chakras. I didn't have a label. I saw colors around people and in different places in the body and around their body. And I knew, for instance, when my mother was angry, that bright red chakra in the hips was blazing. Uh, but I also saw other energy bodies. And so as I grew up and I took a class on the chakras, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was like, oh, that's what I was seeing were chakras and auric fields and, you know, meridians and this and that and the other thing. But the truth is I saw more than seven when I was a kid. I wouldn't have known better. I never read the books that said there are only seven. I saw five other orbs around the body. So I actually created the 12 chakra system in my 20s. And these days it's really fun because when I look at other writers and authors and teachers, they have 12 chakra systems also. And I'm like, you know, I'm so glad that I remembered what I saw as a kid so I could help bring that to people because those so-called extra five chakras really flesh out an understanding of who we are and what we're capable of. Mm, I have heard of that. And I've heard that we actually have chakras from our hands, our palms, and the bottom of our feet as well. And I just think it's so fascinating. And I really encourage people to open their minds because there is certainly more to the world, to life than just the things that we can touch and see. And you have brought this to light in this book, which comes out in a few weeks, I know. Now, what prompted you to get together with Dana to write a book on chakras and food? Now, I'm sure it was divinely channeled, but you know, there, there's gotta be a reason that you said, hey, let's explore this. You know, I've been working with this information for 20 or 30 years, you know, helping people figure out their main chakra because I have found that most people have a major chakra and it's the chakra that they have to have healthy so that their soul can express. Like if you're gonna be an opera singer, you gotta have a really strong throat chakra because that's what you're using. If you're a football player, you better have a good strong first chakra, which has to do with physicality because it's gotta be online for you to do what you're gonna be doing here. So I've been working with this data for a long time and connecting it with food. And over the past few years, Dana, who runs her own practice, was starting to make some of the same connections. We're friends, we were talking about it and thought we can go farther if we put our heads together on this. You know, we can like buckle this in and even expand it into more wellness practices. So sort of like a not secret is in the book. Yes, we talk about food. If you're a first chakra person, what does that mean? What are your cravings? What can you eat instead? What do you have to make sure you do? What's the endocrine gland you're eating for? But we also put a lot in there that's like, so if you're this type of person, maybe how do you meditate? Or what's your best way to sleep? Or what are your, we don't like to call them weaknesses, but have, we have them, right? You know, and what are, what's your positives? So we had a lot of fun with this book coming from our own practices and our own work and really making a nice tidy volume 
that I think is so accessible and fun. I mean, who doesn't like taking a quiz to figure out who they are? <laughs> yeah, well, we, we need to mention that that's a very vital part of this book is taking the quiz to determine your primary chakra type. And I found, I'm like, how did they come up with this quiz? How did you come up with that quiz? Well, it's because we know the chakras so well. We both do the 12 chakras so well. We know who we are. We know the type of people we are. We've both been typing people's personalities for a long time, me a little longer, you know, her with their, you know, at the same time going, this client's a second chakra person <laughs> or that client's a 10th chakra person. So it gets to be really fun to figure that out. And then you can figure out how to best you know, better your health. In fact, when we were working on the book about two years ago, I'm really bad with time. So two, right before <laughs> the lockdown, all right? My youngest son is a baseball pitcher and I was in Hawaii. You never get to go to Hawaii for baseball. We were in Hawaii for baseball. I was so happy to be, cause you know, for me, usually baseball's cold, like Kansas, Fargo, whatever. So we're in Hawaii. <laughs> And I'm talking to my son and he's looped his girlfriend on. And he's like, mom, what's the shocker stuff where you figure out types? And I tell him and he goes, so what am I? I said, you're a this, you're a that. He goes, oh my God, that's who I am. And his girlfriend was like, what am I? And I can kind of sometimes see pictures in my head. And I saw that she was this yellow third chakra person. So I was able to say, this is what it means about you. You have to sometimes tackle your self-esteem. You can worry about things. You're really smart. You memorize. You probably have a grade 4.0 average. You know, you need to eat a lot of little meals every day. She was like, how do you know this? And I'm like, well, I see the colors in my head. And I know the chakras and it's sort of a great party gig, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Right. To like figure it out, get a bunch of women, women and men together. I don't care. Right. You know, sit around at dinner and just go, what do you think you are? And look it up and figure out what it means for who you are. How can you best support yourself? Yeah. Okay. Can you tell, can you tell from me? I'm just going to ask because I did the quiz. Of course, I read the book. All right. Well, you actually, I believe, I believe hidden in you is a lot of eight chakra, to be that, honest. That's what it is. <laughs> yep. See? That, Woo! Woo! You got it. You nailed it. It, it. That's exactly, I did the test a few times when I first got the book online. I did it and I came out tied with seventh and eighth and then seven too i think and, you're mainly eighth and then seven yay uh -huh. but then when i went back and did it again i thought you know i've read the book i need to just do it again and i was eight definitely i think i was what was i the highest i mean i think i got them all on eight and yep. then seven yeah but you're an eight shocker person and so like i saw the seven which is white top of the head pineal clan, really spiritual, honest, truthful, you know, meditative. But then I just kept seeing your eight chakra. It's black or silver. It's kind of up there on the top of the head. And it was like blinking, like I'm a shaman. I'm a mystic. The tough thing about being an eight is you have all the other chakras online. So you can use any of them. You could be a first chakra person. You can sense physically what's happening with other people. You can feel their feelings. You know what they're going through. You can really access them all. So in terms of healthcare, you, if you're eighth, and this is the only one it's true of, you kind of want to pick a horse and ride it. 
you know, you want to say, oh, like I'm going to have every craving known to humankind unless I select a diet mainly in one of the chakras I really like. And I can follow that unless I feel like cheating. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I think this is really valid that you're talking about this because this is what you go into in the book. And I'm sorry, people, I just had to ask because I have her right here and it's a cool party trick. And I wish I could see the colors. I can see other things, but that's awesome. Uh, to be able to read someone's chakra and really get a feel for them. But well, this Dana has been doing it all at the same time before we even talked about that. She was already looking at people going, uh, I think you're a heart person. So let me tell you what that means for you. So it's really a lovely dovetailing. Well, it's gifts. Yeah, it's such a unique take, though, what the book that you guys have come up with, because who doesn't want to eat to feel better, even if you're not going to lose weight on, you don't need to lose weight, but you want to feel your optimal best. So you want to know again, what you said, what glands, you know, the endocrine system I'm well, I'm always fascinated by this. And of course I want to feel great. And then you talk about exercise and the kind of exercise for that specific chakra person. It is just, it is such a fascinating gift to give this book, to come together with Dana, to create this book. It is a joy, isn't it? And so I have a lot of eight chakras. So I picked the first chakra, which is based in the adrenal glands. It's a red chakra down in the hips. And I, and I'm really mainly a first chakra anyway. So for years I've eaten that way. I do things that way. And it's a great excuse for not meditating. Just saying. So we first chakra people, we're very physical, we're manifestors, we do, do, do. I never sit, sit, sit. I go until I drop and then I start again. And so there, I really do have to fuel myself in this specific way. A lot of protein, lots of minerals, not so much fruit, eat, you know, more in the morning, you know, make sure I do keep my blood sugar up though. And, you know, because I'm a, a, not a sitter, I have never been a meditator. So until I kind of worked with this data and Dana and I really, you know, kind of jumped into it, I always felt guilty because I meditated while I was walking. I do not sit down. I don't do the lotus pose. I don't hum. I don't do any of the good stuff that you're supposed to do to do stress relief. But you know what I do do? I get up at four in the morning. I put my big mangy dogs in the car and we go to the free range park and we play wolf. That's what we do. We play wolf and I sing. <laughs> I, you know, I walk around for half an hour to an hour. I'm in nature and I'm moving and I'm good to go for the rest of the day because that's my way of meditating. And of course, every single chakra type has a little different, different approach to, to the eating, to the supplements, you know, to just about anything because you're a unique human being. And that is what is so great also about your book is you describe each of the chakra types. So even without taking the test, you could probably go, oh yeah, that resonates. Oh yeah. I, and I sort of resonate a little bit, but I've learned how to meditate. You know, I've, I've really learned to take it down, but a lot of what you say gives us permission to be who we are and go, oh, okay, that's why I crave this, or that's why I am the way I am, or that's why I don't like to meditate, or that's why I prefer to sit in silence. And that's always nice to have someone validate your 
thoughts and beliefs because we shouldn't feel guilty about who we are. We're not supposed to feel guilty. We're here. I believe we all have a sole purpose and a, and a sense of a plan. I mean, things, you know, kind of go different directions as we know, as you go through life, right? You know, and different chakras will open up at different times. Like for instance, my youngest son right now, he's very first chakra. He's a baseball pitcher. Of course he has to be really physical. But when he and I talked, he said, you know, mom, when we were talking about this, my throat started to tingle. Like I, it, my throat felt weird. My neck went crazy. And I feel like my fifth chakra in the throat, which is the communicator personality started to open up. But his long range goal is to coach kids who don't think they're right? And he good oh. wants to coach disadvantaged kids. He wants to, you know, because he's sort of a late bloomer and he's had to make it working really hard and, you know, kind of on his own steam. So he's got what it takes to take these kids maybe in the inner city or who don't have a lot of money, you know, and say, it's okay. You can do this. I believe in you. So he's going to shift at some point from having to eat, you know, kind of like a first chakra person and push, push, push to more of the communicator when he's ready to be able to say what they need to hear and adjust to his thyroid, which is the gland in the throat chakra. So, you know, it's not like we're one size fits all our entire lives either. We're going to grow, we're going to shift. And it's really important to have that sense of fluidity too. And so I want people to give permission, whether they read this book or not, to be open to figuring out what they are. And, you know, you can just Google chakras on the internet, read descriptions, like you're saying, and just go, I think I'm really a heart-based person, or I think I'm really that second chakra creator, you know, and then, and then be where you are and update as you go through life too. That is exactly what my next question was, because I was, when I was taking, exactly, when I was taking the quiz, I thought, would this have been the same 10 years ago or 20 years ago? And I don't think so. I don't think so at all. But I, I mean, I feel like I'm a communicator and a lot of, you know, information about that chakra rings true, but so does it a lot of, the, for me, the eight, I guess, a lot of the others ring true to me too. So I guess I have to choose one. <laughs> well, and you can flip every week. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, have well, some fun with it. We're painting our lives, right? Go this coming week. I'm going to be the second chakra creator. I know I'm going to crave cake and muffin and pasta, but instead I'm going to, you know, cook my vegetables and throw in some butter, maybe a little, uh, you know, kind of brown sugar. And, you know, this is your body. It's your life. I, I stay away from rigidity personally. I think many of us do because in, in, most of us in childhood, there was some sort of rigidity, either nobody was watching us or we were forced into that little uniform or that way of learning or whatever it is. So, uh, you know, be who you are, be innovative uh, and use this book, you know, or the ideas of it as a guide. And, you know, I'm, I'm much healthier, you know, kind of, kind of following my standard for chakra thing. Uh, and it's, it, and in a way, I guess I'm probably rigid about it. <laughs> I don't believe in rigidity. 
you know, but it's good for me because I'm such a mover shaker, never sit down. Then I tell myself, Cindy, you're overdoing your adrenals. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. So I can coach myself knowing my personality and honestly, knowing my weaknesses too. Well, that's always important for all of us to be able to yeah. recognize that. And since we are a group of women, primarily who listen to our podcast and read our newsletters, I think of a certain age, you tend to hopefully have the opportunity to listen to yourself more, to slow down and recognize what you used to be isn't what you are today, here and now. But going back to what you said about the whole rigidity thing, and this isn't really related to the chakra book too much, but I was thinking about that because we, I'm a big proponent of stepping outside of your comfort zone. And I was in a workout class with someone and I realized I was standing in her quote unquote spot. And I thought she, I don't know her, but I said, do you want to stand here? And she said, yeah, do you mind? I was like, no, I moved my stuff. And I said, it's really important for us to step outside of our comfort zone though. And she said, I know, I know. And we chatted after class. And I thought it's because we are brought up in such a rigid manner. We were taught in school, you sit there, always sit there, you know, that we weren't given that opportunity. Most of us who didn't go to like a Montessori school or something that, you know, groovy, uh, we are put into little boxes and told, don't leave that box. And what you said is so vital. I love the idea of switching. You know, if this doesn't work for you, try this thing, you know, just came to me and I thought I loved what you said about that. It is important. And Dana's really good at that. Like she eats one way and then she shifts, you know, every so often to kind of accommodate her life and who she is and what she's doing. And I think it's really important to give yourself that flexibility as well, because I am also a woman of a certain age. And, you know, it was just, here's when I did my violin lessons and here's where you did this and that. And I was rather fortunate though. I don't know if I felt like this at the time when I was about 19, my parents divorced and I was just finishing my first year in college and the money was gone. I'd spent my money. The money was gone. And I thought, you know, why am I going to go back to school next year? I can just go do something else. And I did for, I, I have no idea why we did this, but a girlfriend and I moved, I'm in Minnesota. We moved to Hartford, Connecticut. I worked in a candy store. Munson's candy store. I had this curly blonde hair. I was totally adorable. And down the road was an asylum, like a real one, like a mental <laughs> institution. And the road was called Asylum Road. And, and I don't even know why we're talking about this, but it is sort of interesting. And every so often, you know, kind of one of the people who lived there would escape and they'd come to the candy kitchen. Cause why wouldn't you? So the same woman would come in every couple of weeks and one time she'd be Queen Elizabeth and another time, you know, she'd be a prime minister of this or this or that. And that whole year, because then after that, I went back to school, you know, I shook myself up enough that I thought, you know, why am I, why am I just going to go be what it is I was trained to be? I can do things different. I can, I can grow a third arm in my head. <laughs> right? And I think ever so often we need to remind ourselves that we don't have to be in those boxes. We can be in a confectionery box. We can, we can wear pink for an entire week. And, 
and I, I've always gone back to that year and stretched myself. And, 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 you know, when I get boring, when I get bored, I'm boring. That's really what's happening. And then I just do something different. You know, I mix it up. I drive the dogs to a different park in the morning, or I, you know, wear something totally uncharacteristic to myself or put on a different color lipstick. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be expensive, but I think we've got to remember we are expressing from our spirit, not from a code. We don't want to be coded. Yes. Oh, I love what you're saying so much because it's everything I try to do in my life. I walk down the stairs backwards. You know, I take a different route every time I go somewhere because I think it's really important for our neurons as well. But how brave of you to even in I mean, you had a reason the money was gone, but how brave of you to take that step at 19, because many people wouldn't, I never would have done that. This is what I was supposed to do. I'm supposed to go to college. I'm supposed to finish in four years. And this is what you do. So I applaud you for doing that. The other thing, Cindy, is, you know, it's not just about this book. How could people get in touch with you if they were interested? Do you teach online classes? You do counseling? I do. I love teaching classes. I've got some great shift network classes coming up that are posted on my site and my own programs. It really easy to find out what I'm doing. It's cindydale.com. That'll show you also my Facebook and Instagram and all that up to do kind of a stuff, but it's just spelled weird. It's like Cindy Lauper. Girls want to have fun. It's C-Y. N-D-I-D-A-L-E. And Dana Childs, you can just look up Dana Childs, Dana Childs Intuitive. She's up on, you know, her own site and has a lot of really cool things going on too. Well, we will put both of those in the show notes after, you know, so people don't have to stop, rewind, stop, rewind, and write it down. You don't want to do the spelling in your head. (laughs) No, so they can use it. Is there anything else before we end our lovely time together that you want to about uh, in terms of the book itself, Chakras, Food, and You. You know what? I want to give a factoid. It's a really cool factoid that you want to never forget. There's been studies that when people eat food, even if they think the food's bad for themselves, chocolate cake, do I need to go on, diet soda, you know, this and that and the other thing. If you have a positive attitude, that food will not have a bad effect in your body. It's not going to go to the hips, you know, or it actually might even have a positive impact in your body. So a lot of the subtle energy of food is really about attitude and it's about enjoyment. So, you know, don't be too harsh with yourself. And, you know, I eat again, pretty much like a a first chakra person, a lot of proteins, a lot of minerals. And you know what? I usually stay away from gluten, except when I don't. And then when I have my chocolate cookie, I eat the best chocolate cookie I can find. I never have any, personally, I never have any after effects. And I think it's because I tell myself and I know that if you're going to be doing something, you just enjoy it. Like, don't be too hard on yourself. That is such great life wisdom as well as wisdom for intuitive eating too. And I think that's really important. And I've heard other nutritionists say the same thing. Don't beat yourself up. Enjoy that. I'll have dark chocolate chips. And I just love those as my little nighttime treat. And this is, of course, unless you have celiac disease or you have something where you really totally have to avoid, because I also try to avoid gluten, except when I don't. 
that's right, because we're only sensitive or trying to be careful. Right. And of course, you're going to want to, you know, abstain from what you're allergic to or, you know, and, you know, certainly don't don't push. You know, another thing I've learned is, you know, don't try to make somebody else eat, you know, the way you're eating also like it's it's about it's about freedom and it's about choice and it's about loving your body. Mm, that's beautiful. Freedom, choice, and loving your body. And this book is just so fun, as you said, because you're really fun. I'm sure Dana's really fun too, but you've written it in such a, let's just say non-judgmental way and very accepting and encouraging us to accept the good, the bad, the ugly about ourselves. And just know, we just have to learn what works best for our body. Now, I think that most people crave bread all the time. I, I would always eat, I would crave bread and chocolate chip cookies all the time, <laughs> whether it's my chakra type or not. <laughs> you know, there's something about that really down home, real muffin, you know, food, right? Well, and, and, you know, I grew up with, that was our snack. That was our treat, you know, the Christmas cookies and, you know, banana bread and all of that. So, so we do have a sense of nostalgia for that kind of food. And, but some of us, you know, depending on how we were raised, our nostalgic sentimental foods might be mashed potatoes and gravy because that was our fun family get together or turkey and stuffing or whatever it is, you know, that we were around when we were a kid. And especially if we have positive memories of it, you know, that is probably gonna override any chakra type. Like my dad and I, for instance, uh, we got along really well, I absolutely, adored my dad and nobody else in the family liked chocolate covered cherries so he and I would eat an entire box of chocolate covered <laughs> cherries we go in the car and we'd eat a whole box and you know I only need to eat one right now but it brings me right back to that sense of being close to my dad I don't care what chakra I have there's probably a chocolate covered cherry chakra somewhere out there and I'm eating for that whenever mm -hmm. I want to feel you know I miss my dad or I you know want to have that sense of being really truly loved and with somebody who's a lot like me so we associate different foods you know kind of with different ways of feeling and to you know let's indulge that sometime you don't have to eat the whole box like my dad and I would do at least we only <laughs> ate half a box each right but it's <laughs> It's a, it still makes me happy even thinking about those chocolate covered cherries. Oh, that's lovely. That is a lovely way to end our interview today. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I have really enjoyed this uh, meeting you. And thank you for confirming what my quiz results told me. <laughs> and <laughs> chakras, food, and you. But uh, Tomatoes, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining in. And I know you will enjoy this book as much as I did. It's so much fun. So thank you, Cindy, so much. Thank you, Kim. Enjoy.